We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Alan Soslowski here with Garrett Price from the Dynasty Nerds. We got him. He showed up, everybody. What's up, Garrett? How's it going, man? All right. All right. So we're here to talk Dynasty on this live stream. Uh, you're getting a little preview because this podcast will be in the podcast feed on Saturday. So we're doing a little special Wednesday night edition. Uh, we don't do enough Dynasty talk over here, Garrett. And you guys just do it all year round. I mean, Dynasty, obviously, is your number one form of fantasy football that you love. For, oh, for sure. I love fantasy. I love Dynasty fantasy football. I tried to do just redraft for uh, – six seven eight years i did that and it was great but the problem the problem that you have with uh with redraft is for most leagues you have some some high stakes some really competitive ones that are awesome but for the most part you get to week five six seven half the leagues have one win they don't really care anymore they're like ah Eh, just take my 20 bucks and go blah 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 so i think that's the fun part about dynasty is even when your team blows there's always incentive to figure out other ways to build it to trade draft picks all that kind of stuff it, so you fell into that thing where, where most dynasty players fall into where even like your first dynasty teams you kind of draft them like a redraft team you get all these old guys did you screw right. up your first couple dynasty teams I, or did, I did you go right away? oh here comes my kid hey that's- you gotta go to bed <laughs> <laughs> See that shows you the authenticity of the show. If you got to take a, if you got yes, to take a pause your, right, here, if you have to take a pause right here, it's no big deal. <laughs> no, See, you're that, good. She, they, they, a lot of times like to sleep in the same bed. They're two years apart. I have a, mm-hmm. a, a six year old and a four year old. They like to sleep uh, sometimes together and sometimes apart. So they're in the same bed, but apparently they were arguing. So she's like, I'm gonna go sleep in my own bed. Yeah, well, they heard the dynasty talk and they knew that, you know, they were coming. So what I was asking you before that, though, is did you screw up your first couple of dynasty teams like most of us? Oh, absolutely. I think I think that's a rite of passage uh, <laughs> in, in dynasty fantasy football is to not understand. Like I, I legitimately legitimately remember even more so than messing up my first draft. My first year, I was like, first round picks are stupid. My team's great. So. Like these aren't important, so I'll just trade them to whoever to get a bunch of old guys and and make sure that I can win right now. And so I legitimately remember being I, I told one of my friends, I was like, 
I don't even know what I would do with these. Like none of these guys are being my starting lineup this year anyway. So I, what do I even need these for? Like, like an idiot. So it, it's, I'm so glad you said that because I am still living with the pain of trading my first ever rookie pick for Niles Davis because I own Jamal Charles. So Ouch. we've all died, but you saying that it, it makes me feel a little bit better. Oh yeah. Um, that was absolutely me, man. I, I shipped everything out of town. Yeah. One of the biggest questions, we, we get a lot of dynasty strategy questions on our message sure. board. So what kind of dynasty player, if you're going into a new startup, what's your general dynasty philosophy? Yeah. So there's a few different ways to go about it. And it's, it's generic. This part of the advice is very generic, but it's, it's absolutely true. You've got to go best player available. You absolutely have to. And it, it's tempting to not do that because here's what's going to happen. You're going to go in the first round. Let's say you take a running back in the first round and then your next five picks, the best player available is a wide receiver. And you're like, well, I need a, I need a tight end. I, I need a quarterback. I need another running back at some point. Like I can't, I can't just build a team full of wide receivers still continue to take the best player available. Because here's the thing, as, as the summer goes on, you have the ability to be able to trade. And what happens is you're going to take a player lower down the board. Let's say you took Ronald Jones this year in the sixth round of your startup because you absolutely needed to make sure you got a running back. When they're in the sixth round this year, a guy like Debo Samuel could have been there. And you can always turn around and trade. Now, that would have been best case scenario. Obviously, he's wide receiver three right now. But there was plenty of, of wide receivers in that range. Cooper Cup wasn't far from there. Uh, a lot of guys in that range where you could have ended up trading them in week four here, week five, and gotten an absolute haul and a way better running back than Ronald Jones. And so I think the biggest mistake people make is feeling like they have to fill out their starting lineup the, the first second they do their draft and not worrying about making trades and taking the best players that they can. No, you said that right. I think like we all fall victim to that. We have to be very disciplined in our drafts, whereas, you know, you just want to check those boxes. Oh, I need an RB too. And you're right, because Debo Samuel was a player that we looked at during the, the summer and we we're like, eh, he's fine. He gets hurt a lot. He was good when he came back. I mean, you know, I know you guys particularly like Debo Samuel, but I'm saying most that the, sure. the sentiment. Uh, there, was, there was real concerns about Brandon Ayuk being the top guy. What are we going to do with George Kittle there? Like there were some legitimate concerns. So I understand why people would be hesitant to do it but if if you believe that they are the best player out there you got you got to go get those guys yeah the the the, the overlords here at rotowire are going to be mad at me because i didn't say that the podcast is brought to you by winbet and of course you guys know that you have to uh pay the bills keep the lights on we'll Absolutely. do a uh we'll do a commercial read for them in a little while but i wanted to ask you what's your favorite form of dynasty i mean you know i don't need to read out the whole laundry list of sure. formats that are now, but if you were going to be the commissioner of a league and it was going to be an important league to you, how would you want to format it? So I got the opportunity to do this with some good friends of mine right before the season started. And I was like, here's the format that I want. And so first of all, it was super flex. I, I rarely play in leagues anymore that are not super flex just because it makes the quarterback inter interesting again. In one QB leagues, it's whoever you drafted is probably going to be your starter and that's that's just gonna be it. And yeah. you're, it's fine, but it's so much more interesting when you're you're looking at okay, staring down the barrel of do I take 
Derek Carr? Do I take Daniel Jones? Do I take Jared Goff? Like, who, who do I take here to try to get a second quarterback? And the trades are so much more interesting with the value and how people value Superflex. Superflex is be in 2021 has become like how PPR was a few years ago. It's like I'm almost a snob if I hear someone's doing a one QB league at this point. That's absolutely true. It's like, are you stuck in the Stone Ages? Like, right. what, what, why would I'm, you play one QB? Like, I mean, you play zero QB. Right. Like, I would let doing? you. I'm gonna let you get back to the format, but it's like you, you're on the obviously you peruse the uh, Dynasty uh, Nerds message board on Facebook, which yeah. by the way is an amazing animal in itself. But anytime <laughs> I see someone talk about their 10 team non PPR one QB Dynasty league, I, I just I get so angry. I mean, you know, playful angry, but I get angry. Sure. And I, and then I used to comment there, oh yeah, go get get a real league. Now I realize like people have to take that journey and get the to that point. Steps. So yeah, so I feel bad that if you scroll back, you'll find a lot of venom for me on those boards. <laughs> You know what? The, the It is a really interesting place because uh, it's beautiful because you'll get like hundreds of comments on it anything is amazing. you ask. But the tough part is like you have to have very thick skin if you're going to be oh, out yeah. there because you will get ripped to shreds on 80% of what you put out there. And I think I'm one of the people guilty of ripping shreds <laughs> now. But like I said, now that I, I understand and I'm trying to teach people dynasty and grow the game, I have right. more. I do it with empathy. Okay, so you were you were describing your optimal yes. ideal league that you think people should play. Superflex, we agree on that. Obviously, PPR. Um, talk about the tight end setup that you like. So I like to do a tiered PPR personally. Uh, and, and this is a little bit unique. I, I know that there are some people that do this, but what I like to have is I like to have a half point per catch for running backs. I like to have a full point per reception for wide receivers and then a point and a half for tight end. Cause I think it helps distribute the points out a little bit better and it helps give a more true, accurate picture of the value of some of these things, because a lot of the receptions, not all of them, but a lot of the receptions for these running backs are at behind or a yard or two beyond the line of scrimmage they're not actually as valuable as most of the catches that these wide receivers are getting and plus it really just makes the the uh the the true three down back their points are just ridiculously elevated over everybody else so it kind of helps even that part out and then i think it gives a nice shift into wide receivers and then tight ends obviously get the point and a half so that's my preferred setup yeah yeah, uh, I, I I like the tiered system. I'm in a few leagues like that. And what okay. I found, though, is, again, I, I'm one of these guys that just does, like you guys, I do too many startups. For sure. Uh, how many are you in right now? How many total Dynasty leagues are you in right now? This is actually a better year than it was for me last year. Um, <laughs> I'm in 15 right now. Oh, that's not that's not as bad as I thought. So Yeah, last okay. year I was in the 20s. So I did a wait, little better this year. So wait a second, you cut down on your dynasty leagues? I did cut down. Wow, I, how did you do that? Because I want to get out of some of them, but I, I'm so afraid of the consequences and the shaming. So please give me a technique to get out of them. So there were a couple leagues that I had joined early on. And it was actually a surprising amount that were IDP. And I just don't really know anything yeah. about IDP. I'm a Debbie guy. So if, I, if anything, I tend to like float towards like the college football stuff. So that was a big out for me. So I was able to knock off three or four there of just like, I'm so sorry. I'm not a Debbie guy. Right. Uh, I had one that it self imploded on its own. So I didn't have to do any work there. Um, and then I had one more where I was like, Hey, like, I think I, this was my third year in it. And it was really when I had first started doing dynasty nerds and really started getting into it. And I didn't know anybody then, and I still didn't know anybody in the league now. It was just, I was so thirsty for leagues early yeah. on. And so Jeez. I was like, 
hey, like, yeah, sure, I'll be in it, blah, blah, blah. And I still didn't know anybody to this day. So I was like, yeah, I, I'm probably going to bow out. So um, I bowed out of, yeah, I think about six or so. And I only added one or two new ones. So, yeah, I think I'm at like 15. I might be up to 17. It's somewhere in there, 15 to 17. Yeah, so this is a perfect uh, – this is the reason why you're here. You're not here for your health gap press. You're here to talk a little <laughs> Dynasty fantasy football, but you're here to promote what I think is one of the best tools in all of Dynasty. It's Dynasty GM. Why don't you give people the, the one-minute elevator pitch and tell them – because most people that are in Dynasty leagues are either just starting to get into Dynasty or they're in like 15, 30 leagues like me. Right? There's no in-between. Right, there's no in-between because once you start, you always say, hey, I wish – I know I could do it better next time, and then you screw yep. it up again. So tell people about the tool that you guys have over Dynasty Nerds. Yeah, so we uh, launched Dynasty GM a little over a year ago, and uh, basically what our GM tool is is it helps you, first of all, organize your leagues. If you're in a million leagues, that's one of the most difficult parts is chances are you have them on different platforms and they're all over the place. Help centralize all of them. And right there on the dashboard, right away, you can see what teams that we would say you're a contender in, what teams you're not, what teams you have good dynasty value in, which teams you don't. You can look right away and see, oh, this team has really good tight ends uh, and I have really good running backs. I need a tight end. Maybe I can make a deal there. There's so many things right at your fingertips. Trade calculator, uh, player shares tools. You can look up similar trades that happened and and different leagues so you have a, like a, a trade I want to cut I want to cut in for a second because yeah. when you talk about trade calculator that's a dirty word to a lot of dynasty players it because is. the trade calculator is always the values are off your trade calculator actually works it, it it's pretty it's yeah it's pretty close so you could tell someone's going over the numbers because you, you've seen just random someone's you know sure. like that dynasty trader that sends you the trade calculator with the trade that's obviously you're never going to accept but shows you that you should accept it on this crazy cockamamie calculator right. no you're got your calculator works i have tested it out a little bit i appreciate it and you know uh, even even though i do like our trade calculator and i think it's great they're they're all going to be flawed there's ways to game yes. every single one of them so take them with a grain of salt but it's good to help you get a generic value of where players are roughly inside of all of this so uh, i think that's what they're good for but yeah on top of that we also have different spaces for our film room and all that stuff. Hold on. I got my kid coming in again. Yeah, that's all right. And what Garrett was talking about also is, and the reason we have Garrett Price from Dynasty Nerds on today is he is a film grinder. Now if, if there's dynasty, there's people that give dynasty advice and rookie advice that often, you know, they're just, myself included sometimes we're, we're getting the consensus takes and then we're watching some film and then we're giving our own takes on it. But Garrett is one of the guys that I go to, to kind of check the temperature on. Cause he's doing the rookie grind. You're a film grinder for, for better, or for worse. Is that a, is that an accurate oh, yeah. way to describe you? Absolutely. Through and yeah. through. I'm a film grinder. It started with playing high school football and then college football. I just, uh, I got, I got used to watching tape. I enjoyed it. And then uh, when I got into the fantasy football space, I, I didn't do it as much. And then I kind of realized how good of a tool it could be to uh, use that for college players and, and really evaluate them. And so uh, along with the the GM, if you have the full bundle, you can go into our film room. That might've been what you're talking about, but yeah, I was talking you, about your film room specifically where I get, you can describe it. Cause it's, I think it's an amazing tool for yeah, basically you, you can have the opportunity to say like, okay, here's the player this year. Uh, I want to know about Zamir White out of Georgia. So you can hop on there. We have games. We have it categorized. Well, it'll tell you from from what year it is, what team they're going against. Click it. You say, okay, I want to see him play Alabama in 2019. Click it. You go in there. It's 
four to eight minutes at the absolute max, but it's only their play. So you're not having to watch the entire offense or the entire game. You can go on and specifically just watch the plays that they're in on and then move on to the next game. So it's really quick, really efficient, but it helps you be able to go and get a good feel for the, the talent level of these players, the abilities of these players, and what they can do for your Dynasty Fantasy Football. Yeah, I, I think another mistake that Dynasty players and myself, we all make this mistake, is we want to do research on a player and we go watch their highlight film on YouTube. And of yeah. course, those all are going to be good plays. I mean, even someone uh, like you you guys, and I, I too liked uh, Austin Watkins, right? Yeah. He had, yeah. He, had, he had great plays, as a, but he can't make an NFL roster. He's sitting on a practice squad somewhere right now. And it's just, maybe he will I be something. he broke his foot. He, okay, so he went on IR. So he yep. hurt himself. Yeah, I think what I'm just saying is that you can watch highlight tape sure. of anybody and it could be great. But, you know, you guys have that film room. So let's get a few of your dynasty takes right now. Because, sure. you know, I did title the podcast Risers and Fallers. You know, you have All to right. go SEO-friendly content here, as Absolutely. you know. Absolutely. But, um, you know. <laughs> but first, let's. I'm just going to do a quick read from our sponsor, WinBet. It's a mouthful, so bear with me. Uh, if there's one thing we appreciate here at RotoWire, it's making good decisions, and even more so, making the right decision. Listen up. I have an incredible offer with you from RotoWire's new partner, WinBet. The premier digital casino and sports book app, WinBet, is now exclusive sponsor for all RotoWire Fantasy Sports podcasts. WinBet brings you the latest action with user friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want to break from sports betting? Head over to the WinBet digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand in Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states while rapidly expanding at WinBet. The possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T, WinBet, the exclusive partner of RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast. They better be paying a lot for that because that is like half the podcast that read. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I got two more reads. I'm going to make you read one of them later and test you out here. Okay? All right. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Let's get some of your fantasy football takes. Uh, I'm a regular listener of your podcast, so I always like to hear what you guys are up to. And you should definitely go check out the Dynasty Nerds podcast. They have a free one every week. And then, of course, they have a premium one. If you join the Nerd Herd, it's just a, a handful of dollars, nothing that expensive. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. This is yeah. the first time he has been tradable in you know four years. You, you haven't been able to even make an offer on him. And, you know, of course, there's one league where he was, you know, mortgaged your house to get him but sure is this the is this the todd Gurley moment when he's never going to retain his value again in your opinion or is this the time to just pay retail and go get him yeah i was much more concerned about todd Gurley because the those knees it they they were slowly degrading so far with mccaffrey these injuries the soft tissue stuff, yes, that can crop back up. We've seen that with guys like Dalvin Cook. But for the most part, I think he can still be dominant at 14, 15 games a season. And you're going to have to just know that there'll probably be a game where he pulls a hamstring and you're going to miss him for a week or two. But from all reports, he was actually back out there today. Might even have an opportunity to play this week, which is crazy. I mean, that just shows he's a freak of nature if you would be able to get back out there this week. So I do think that if you're a contender, this is your one – probably only buying window at this point uh, to be able to actually get a guy like Christian McCaffrey on your dynasty roster. So uh, I'm not overly concerned. Yes, he is a hair on the older side because for running backs after they get 
past 24, they're basically getting old, unfortunately. Uh, but that's kind of where we're at. So he is in the prime of his career right now. Uh, but I still think that he has another good two, three, four years left in him. He is so good in the receiving game. And I think that's the thing that really boosts him as well is he's in an offense that's willing to throw the ball to him. He can do a lot with it. And this is only an ascending offense. They're getting better. The offensive line's playing better than they had in the past. And Joe Brady's there as their offensive coordinator for now. So I like everything I see there. I would be willing to buy Christian McCaffrey right now. Isn't it crazy how ageist dynasty players are in the oh, startup sure. draft? It's the cra- I am I mean, too. I, I, and I, oh, I catch are. myself of it all the time. It's the craziest thing. Like, you know, sometimes I'll go check out your, your rankings over, you know, at dynasty nerds. And I, you know, cause I like, I checked the rotowire. Our guy, Mario has got amazing uh, rank uh, dynasty rankings of rotowire. I check it. I'd like to see what everybody's up to. Yeah. And the, you know, the sharp dynasty players like yourself, Mario, too, they put the Devonte Adams, those guys up at the top, because at the end of the day, those are the guys that are scoring points, you know? It's, so they got to win games, man. Yeah, you have to win games. And it's amazing how their uh, different players' value changes at different times of the calendar. Like right now, you know, Henry Ruggs is, yeah, he's performed a little bit, but his value is, is you know, was nothing in the startup because he was bad, but three good performances. And all of a sudden, you know, a 22-year-old, you know, pedigree receiver, you know, people are fighting over him and actually trading him where he was an afterthought. It's just, it's pretty amazing. All right, your next question is, uh, I was, wh- where were you on Tua? Were you uh, on the process? I mean, did, were you high on him? Were, were, I, I relation definitely like Tua. Um, yeah. I wouldn't say that I was like this huge Tua maniac or anything, no. but you guys were Burrow. You at, guys were all Joe Burrow at that time. We loved Joe Burrow. Absolutely. Yeah. But I was, I was at consensus. I definitely wasn't okay. low on him. Now where I was high on him actually was this off season. I was higher on him this off season than I was him as a rookie. So if anything, that's where I potentially went wrong. We'll you know what? What's funny is um, I don't know if you're an old school basketball fan, but somebody called him Sam Bowie the other day. Do you remember Sam Bowie was the? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so you know they, you know they took Michael Jordan. Michael uh, Jordan. Our, yeah, a colleague of ours, Scott Pianowski, made the reference at Yahoo. He said that uh, yeah, that Tua because think about it, he was the injured player that was drafted ahead sure. of the superstars, uh, and there, he he talked about an old Bobby Knight story because Bobby Knight I believe coached the Olympic team. And they, the, the GM from Portland said to, uh, you know, should we draft, uh, you know, who should we take Bowie or Michael Jordan, you know? And he goes, well, you should take Michael Jordan. He goes, but we need a center. And Bobby Knight says, so play Michael Jordan at center. (laughs) (laughs) You You don't draft Sam Bowie over Michael Jordan. So, so it's Tua versus, uh, Herbert. I mean, this is going to be like a a catastrophe here. I mean, oh yeah. Justin Herbert's played incredible, uh, and it's been really unfortunate so far with with Tua because everything was setting up, at least in my opinion, everything was setting up for him to have a, a successful season. Last year, everything that could go wrong did go wrong. He had the terrible hip injury. Then he was back and forth with Fitzpatrick. Then when he finally got the reins on the job, even though he played well against good teams like Kansas City, he had his entire receiving core depleted. He was having guys like Isaiah Ford and uh, uh, who was the running back that got traded from the Raiders? Lynn, Lynn Bowden. Lynn Bowden, like yeah. His it, was, top it was bad. But yeah. it hasn't looked good this year so far. So are you where are you at right now with Tua? Would you trade for him if you can get like in a super flex league? I've seen people offered like second round picks, which you can never get a young quarterback for. Would you take him for something that cheap? Absolutely. I might yeah. even be willing to give a late first for him still. Yeah. Uh, he had two games and then he went out with a, a rib injury. We are so reactive to the beginning of the season and I get it. I 
have a tendency to do that too. But let's remember at the first two games last year, Justin Jefferson was terrible. You know, he wasn't any good. And then by week three, he, he burst onto the scene and he was amazing. Jonathan Taylor, the first eight games of the season was nothing. And then the second half of the season, he was winning people titles. So let's have a, let's give this guy a little bit of a longer leash. He still only started what 10 games in his career. It's, it's been very low so far. Give him an opportunity to get things going. His his receiver core has been banged up. He didn't have Will Fuller. And and l- let's give some time for it to all come together. Now, I would be lying if I didn't say I wasn't a little bit worried. You mm-hmm. would love to see him come out and do what Burrow did, do what Herbert did. Um, but I That think ship has sailed, though. That ship, he's not going to oh, be sure. Justin Herbert. Yeah, he's not going to be Justin no. Herbert. Yeah. No, not at all. But I think we have to more clump him in with what we're seeing this year out of the rookie class where no one came off to this blazing hot start. Okay. and going to take some lumps and take some time. I think that's where we're at with Tua. As long as he gets to keep the job and and Deshaun Watson doesn't get traded for, I think that's the only thing that concerns me at all. Uh, but at this point, if you can give me a, you know, a guy that's under the age of 25 that still has the ceiling that he has, I'm willing to take that risk. So on the opposite end in super flex leagues, a player who I'm fascinated with, and I, I basically rostered him in all of my leagues. And now I've traded him in some of the, is Taylor Heineke. Okay. He's a fascinating player because we all liked him. We, we, we liked his game for fantasy football and now he's definitely the starter for the rest of this year. What would you handicap the odds of him being the starter for 2022 given Washington's probably not going to have a top 10 or 12 pick. It's a really difficult one. And this is a great question that you pose because this is something that, that, you know, Taylor Heineke managers are having to deal with right now. We're talking about a guy that has started in three games and in all three of those games, he's been a quarterback one. He was quarterback 10, quarterback 12, and then I think this past week he was quarterback four, something crazy like that. I talked about him in a sneaky starts video I did on YouTube this past week, and, and I think he's becoming less sneaky now because he's just continuing to produce week after week. I'm, I'm still going to say it's a little too early to crown him the starter for 2022. Um, what so percent? Still, Give me a percentage. What percentage chance do you think he'd be I'm the starter? I'm still at 50-50. I'm okay, that's good. That's um, good. Yeah, I mean, because he's he's proven that he can he can make things happen. I mean, remember the playoff game against Tampa Bay last year that he came out and he gave Tampa Bay the best game they had out of anybody in the playoffs last year. Yep. So the game is there, but they have zero invested in the kid, and that's always what's the tough part is money talks. You know, a guy like uh, like Tua that we were just talking about, they have a they have a first round pick invested in him, more money invested in him. They, he's going to have a little bit of a longer leash than a guy that they literally have nothing invested in. We kind of saw that with Gardner Minshew uh, a year ago where mm. right situation comes along, they, they'll dump him to the curb. So that's what's always scary about these undrafted, come out of nowhere guys. But so far, I'm a believer in what I've seen. And he's making, you know, Terry McLaurin uh, look good. So anybody that makes my boy F1 look good, I'm a fan of. Yeah, it's funny. And I'm glad you mentioned Terry McLaurin. I know it, victory lapping, I think, is it's been so like it's so corny to do. But I I think it's become so corny, it shifted back to like it's in vogue again. So right. I like pointing out other people's victory laps. And I have to say, because when Terry McLaurin was a rookie and he was going in the third round of rookie drafts, you guys had him as like a first round pick. And that's when I was like, these guys are out of their minds. And now, obviously, that's I would say one of the biggest dynasty nerd victories. There's many of them. Mike Williams with uh, with with Matt. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, he came yeah. All the way 
way back there. Yeah, and I mean, you you guys have had a laundry list as a as a squad, but Terry McLaurin is one of my favorite because you all really were in on him, uh, and, and you guys were shocked that the rest of the dynasty community had him as like a third round, late second. I mean, no one had him even as a second round pick. So right. that, I, was, I like that you crazy. said that. But the it. cheat code in real NFL is that you want to have a rookie quarterback on a rookie contract. This is like the opposite of that. You're having like a veteran quarterback on like a vet minimum contract. So uh, I just actually traded uh, in a, a super flex league. I traded Taylor Heineke for someone that wanted to unload Miles Sander, where Heineke was like my third or fourth quarterback. So nice. it could work out. I mean, I, everyone thinks I got the raw end of the deal because like oh, they're just seeing Heineke's points. So if right. you're in a dynasty league, you agree though, like ride them or trade them for someone that you could never get normally. Exactly. Absolutely. I'm 100% with you. Okay. Let's let's get to a few more takes here. I'm here with uh, Garrett Price from the Dynasty Nerds. I'm Alan Soslowski. We're here on the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. And before we get to our next take, we'll just talk about our friends over at Yahoo DFS. The new NFL season is underway, and Yahoo is excited to kick off daily fantasy football. There's a ton of big prize contests throughout the Yahoo season, including their multi-entry contest, which is now shark-free. By the way, that's what Yahoo is pushing right now, Garrett. They're pushing that they're doing multi-entry, and they have big contests. In the past, they only had smaller prize, so they're getting nice. into bigger prize contests. Yeah, so it's shark-free, and I'll tell you, from a DFS perspective, I'm a, I'm a guppy. I get swallowed up. So I'm going to oh, go over there. Sure. Yeah. Before the sharks, get up there. <laughs> but actually before I finish the read, it's interesting that you can, uh, my friend, Kevin O'Brien, who does the fantasy football engineer dynasty podcast. He talked about how he uses DFS pricing to see who he could pick up off the waiver wire in his dynasty leagues to try to win week by week and kind of push his way into the playoffs. If he's Smart. like a seven seed, um, cause you guys always talk about either you want to be at the top contending or at the bottom of the standings. Right. What's the strategy if you're in the middle of the standings and like the seventh best team? What do you do? Yeah, it, I always try to push those teams right up into the the trade deadline. Uh, I, I go I go up into the trade deadline, and then I kind of draw my line in the sand one way or another. Of do I actually think do I have some guys on IR that I think are going to be coming back during the playoffs that'll help give me a good push? Uh, do I have some guys that are underperforming but have an easy schedule for the playoffs? Or am I just barely hanging on? I'm doing it with smoke and mirrors and, mm. you know, replacement level running backs that might lose their job again in a few weeks and all that kind of stuff. So I try to really be uh, – and that's one of the nice parts about the Dynasty GM tool is that can kind of give you a good glimpse of, like, where are you really at? Are you the third best team talent-wise or are you the eighth best team talent-wise, you know? Because – Either way, you could find yourself right on the fringe. That's how fantasy football is. It'd be fluky there. So I try to make the decision as to whether I think I'm really truly a contender or not. And then I make my trades accordingly. But it's so hard. I mean, trading, you know, you guys talk about it. And, so, you know, the reason I started podcasting too is because I – I had questions for other podcasters and, you know, we talked very liberally about like, Hey, okay, just trade this guy for this pick and sure. this guy, but trading is hard. Trading is. is hard. What happens when you cannot get the value? Like, okay, like let's use someone like Michael Thomas, okay. right? You know that he's probably worth, you know, a first round pick and more, right? But nobody wants to give you anything more than maybe you're lucky to get a first round pick. Um, how do you handle, like, what's the strategy for trying to squeeze value out of, um, of a player that you want to sell when you're in a league that, you know, the trading isn't as liberal as some other trade as other leagues. Yeah. It's always difficult in leagues that don't trade as much, uh, because, and especially if you're somebody that 
is watching this, you've probably had some level of success because you're a hardcore guy. You're you're listening to uh, experts and you're you're doing all these things. So you've probably won a trade or two over over your uh, league mates, and so they're probably a little bit more hesitant to trade with you and and different things like that. I like to try to look for specific windows where trading is easier. I mm. think two of the easiest windows for trading and where to maximize value are. One is at your rookie draft. I think that is an opportunity where you can get veterans the cheapest you're going to ever get them because everyone's excited about the rookie prospects. And every rookie is the next Tyreek Hill, the next Saquon Barkley. It's so the true. Next, you know, like right. every rookie is. So that's a perfect time to trade your picks to get veteran players because that's when you're going to get the most value. Vice versa, at the trade deadline, most people are trying to push into the mm. playoffs. So that's the best time to try to acquire picks. And so that's if I'm looking to get picks, that's when I'm really looking to make my trades is right at the deadline because all of a sudden, you know, nobody the entire time wanted Leonard Fournette. Nobody wanted to touch Leonard Fournette. I have three leagues where people have reached out to me about Leonard Fournette right now because we're getting closer to trade deadlines and running backs are starting to get hurt like Mixon and Montgomery and stuff like that. And all of a sudden people want to talk about Leonard Fournette. So I think it's just maximizing those windows and, understanding where your team is are you a contender if so you need to really try to make moves at the at your rookie drafts to try to acquire veteran talent are you a team that is trying to get younger and rebuild trade deadlines perfect for you because you can all of a sudden wow i just got seven first for leonard Fournette. i can't believe it it's amazing so <laughs> you I, know those I, are my favorite times yeah i think that that's the takeaway from this podcast i mean that's going to be my clippable uh video right there is that that's the actionable is finding the windows with the maximize value and that seems obvious now that you're saying it, but I never thought of it. Like, uh, of course it is, right? You want to, people are rookie hungry, so you trade yep. your vets, and then they're vet hungry, so you get the picks. I mean, that is what I want you to take away when you're listening to this podcast is be patient. If you have Michael Thomas and you're not a contender, right? Wait till right at the deadline, right when he's coming back, right when he's had an eight for 80 game, sell. You know, yep. that, that's really smart. Um, so I heard you talking about in your podcast, and this made me proud, and I, I was – I was on your team. This I'm about to talk about Davis Mills. Just so you know. All right. All right. So Davis Mills is the rookie quarterback who was drafted in the third round on the Houston Texans. He has not looked good. And yeah. you talked about how you thought he could be good. I thought he was going to sneak into the first round as like the 32nd pick. I thought, again, it was a long shot. Sure. But talk about what you saw on film from Davis Mills and why he's not as bad as his performance has been so far in the NFL. Yeah, so – I, w I was watching his tape. One, I love seeing guys that have good pedigree. He was the top-rated pro-style quarterback in his class coming out, which I believe was the 2016 class or 17 You're talking about class. high school class. High school class, correct. Right. Yep, oh. so he was the top-rated pro-style quarterback coming out, five-star guy, and he had flashes at Stanford where you saw, man, this guy, this guy throws a nice ball. This guy can do some things. Uh, he's not a crazy good athlete, but he can move around the pocket. He's not a statue. So there was enough there that showed me that could he be a capable quarterback in the right offense, in the right scheme? Yeah, I thought so. Now, the hard part is there's not a quarterback that is going to succeed with the Houston Texans offense right now. Like it's it's all bad there right now. And so that's the tricky part, and it's it's tough to get second chances, especially if you're not a first-round pick. So this is probably – he's probably just going to be a sacrificial lamb on the Houston 
uh, Texans roster, and he'll be a, a really good backup for a long time, I think, for a lot of teams. But he's an accurate passer. He has a strong arm. He makes mostly good decisions. There were a few plays in college where like, what, what, what are you doing there, homie? Uh, <laughs> but for the most part, he made some good decisions, uh, good leader, good size. There were a lot of things there that equated to potential NFL success. And then we started hearing the rumors that NFL teams were a little more interested in him, and that always kind of helps that as well. Did he, he had two ACLs? Did I hear you guys say that one time? Did he have uh, like two catastrophic knee injuries? Or- I'll have to go back and look, but that sounds okay. right. That okay, sounds right. so that probably is what pushed him down the board. And But, you know, it's funny. It's like even a terrible QB like that, and I think he had like negative fantasy points in, in one of my leagues, and, you know. Yeah. But if you were to rank him, like if he was – Davis Mills was to qualify, because I, I think uh, your podcasting partner, Rich, he made a joke that he wouldn't even roster him, like or he wouldn't even, right. you know. Give, but, Rich is an extremist. Right, right. I mean, yes. And that's why, you know what? You guys are the voice of reason on that podcast. So, you know, we, we have fun. That's what it's a good yes. balance. Yes. And of course, you know, I have nothing but love for Rich. I've had him on this, uh, on this yeah, podcast absolutely. as well. Uh, but so if you were to rank Davis Mills uh, with the running backs, I mean, even if he got you 12 fantasy points, which sounds horrible for a quarterback, that's still like RB 16, you know? So that's right. why in Superflex, there is value there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's why Taylor Heineke has value because you never know when somebody's going to get hurt and you need somebody that can step in that can be capable. And I think that's what Mills can be long term. I don't think he's going to be the Houston Texans future. They're going to draft somebody else to be their starting quarterback long term. Uh, But he's going to still be on roster somewhere. And he's a guy. Ryan Fitzpatrick did it forever. Ryan Fitzpatrick always had value because when he stepped in, he was a capable quarterback and he can get you two, three, four games. And in super flex leagues, you can never have too many quarterbacks. That's not a thing. You need as many as you can because injuries happen or trade windows happen where somebody else's quarterback got hurt or somebody else's quarterback got benched or, you know, they were trusting that Drew Locke was going to be the starter. And then, oops, all of a sudden it was Teddy Bridgewater. And I need somebody to start three weeks until Justin Fields is ready to go. Those are those kind of windows where you can make those moves. How come nobody believes in Dawson Knox, even though he's doing what tight ends do and breaking out in year three? Yeah, Dawson Knox is a fascinating case. I think part of it is his target share has been relatively low. And so I think that's why people are wondering if it's fluky. Is is he able to do this? But he was a very good prospect coming out of Ole Miss. He was a guy that had converted from quarterback to tight end, which we're starting to see that even more and more lately. Guys like Logan Thomas is another one that had converted. Uh, But it, it takes time to develop into a tight end. You're learning both offensive line stuff and wide receiver stuff. And that's it's a lot to take. He did it at Ole Miss with, you know, A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. He was there at the same time as those guys. Crazy. Gets here. Um, so if, if I had to guess, I would say the reasoning is because I think they're worried about the target share. But long term, we are starting to see some of those things that flashed as a rookie and a second-year player where he would make a player too that you're like, oh, man, nice play, Dawson Knox. Uh, but then you just wouldn't see anything for three more weeks. And, you know, that's tough. We are starting to see it more consistently. If he can up that target share and if he can be a more consistent uh, focal point in this offense, I think he'll. I think people will be a little more enthused. The tough part is, so far, Diggs hasn't had his big games, and I think people are waiting for Diggs to all of a sudden take over. 
Yeah, it's uh, Dawson Knox. I don't know if you guys said or I, I listen to so, you know, I try to consume as much fantasy football content as I can. And I'm just uh, regurgitating. Someone said that it, and if this was you guys, let me know that he, Dawson Knox could have that uh, Robert Tunyon type of season. He could have that sure, season that where he has. That. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. It's a really great comparison. It's uh, it's a funny, you know, like I said, we always we're, we're so into this that I try to credit the right people when they say something really smart like that. So uh, apologies if you're listening to this podcast, anyone, and you said it too, we'll try to credit you. All right. What is your first nostalgic memory of football? You said you played high school football and college too. Where'd you play college football, by the way? Uh, Malone University. It's a division two school in, uh, well, it's, it's still there, but the football program unfortunately closed with uh, uh, Ashton Doolin, who's uh, oh, yeah, I remember Ashton Doolin. Yeah, yep. so he's a wide receiver for the Colts. Uh, we, we have coined him as the last pioneer because his class, uh, they stopped the football program right after him. Uh, what, so what position did you play? play? So in college, I played uh, outside linebacker. Okay, cool. So you you got to hit people. That was great. That's that's absolutely. That, High nice. school was fun because I got to play both sides of the ball. So I got to do mm. uh, running. I was a tight end my uh, my junior year, and then a running back my senior year, and then obviously on defense I. I played backer as well. So uh, it, high school was the most fun because isn't it funny that like in high school you play Ironman football? It's just like what you do. Oh, yeah. You go to like, yeah. So you what play is your special teams too? And you, oh, you're doing yeah. it all. <laughs> you don't come yep. off the field. You're like, okay, can I not be on the return team also? Right. You know? right. yeah. Exactly. I, I, so, so what is your first nostalgic memory? Like, was it a video game? Was there, was there a game that you saw on TV? What was the thing that made you like fall in love with football? What was that magnetic moment that connected you? So it's funny. I, uh, I remember watching my dad watch football on TV and like, he would just get so excited about it. And I would see the guys running and tackling each other. And so I would take my football and I was probably four or five years old, take my football. I would go outside and I would reenact what I saw out there by myself. So my mom, I don't know if she ever got video of it or not. I'll have to ask her, but I would literally play like all the positions at the same time. So I'd be like running and then I would like tackle myself and then like, (laughs) You know, all this stuff and like just I think the physicality, I was always a very physical kid. Like I was the kid that like, you know, was playing baseball and like Mm -hmm. wanted to like truck the catcher and like that kind of stuff. So uh, I played roller hockey for a couple of years and like I got in trouble because it was always at like roller skating rinks. And so, like, I'd, like, flip people over, like, the railing. Uh, you weren't and, allowed to do that. There were skating rinks. No. If you, like, even, like, just gr- uh, bumped up against someone, you have those guards that come over that skate yeah. backwards, and they have yeah. the shirt on, they blow the whistle. You remember oh, those? yeah, I got in big yeah. trouble. Yeah. So yeah. I was always very physical. Uh, so when I figured out an outlet where I could actually, like, do all of that, I was like, this is incredible. So, uh, but, yeah, I think it, it went all the way back to just being, like, four or five years old. What's your favorite part about working in fantasy football? Do you love the article writing? Do you love the podcasting? Uh, do you love giving start set advice on Twitter? Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. What's your favorite part of a uh, fantasy football? Of, that's, a of- really, that's a really good question. I would probably say podcasting. Uh, I do love uh, you know the opportunity to be able to talk out points and, and things like that. Uh, but more, more than anything, I probably just enjoy – the different circles that I've gotten to run in and the different people that I've gotten to talk to or rub shoulders with, or, uh, you know, opportunities that like the senior bowl or the, uh, the combine or different things like that, just seeing things, talking to people that otherwise outside of this arena, I wouldn't get to. And it's just, you know, cool things that I see on TV or cool podcasts that I listen to. And the, the opportunity to be able to interact with all of these people is probably the most enjoyable part for me. 
before you started doing the uh, and well, how long has the Dynasty Nerds been around for? I mean, I became aware of you guys maybe four or four years ago, and you know, I know you'd been around longer than that. Uh, but somebody had recommended it, and then I started listening. Obviously, once you listen, you can't help but be hooked by. <laughs> well, you guys know what you're talking about, and you make it entertaining too. I, I, I think you're it. one of the best out there. But how long have you guys been around for? So Dynasty Nerds uh, started in, I believe it was 2014, uh, was when Rich and Matt, uh, and there was another guy named Mike uh, that was part of the podcast. And depending on the week, it was usually either Rich or and Matt or Rich and Mike. It wasn't both of them because it, it was just a small little startup and uh, they were just trying to make it work. And they did that for about two, three years uh, and then they had a year and a half or so where they didn't have a, a third host. It was just the two of them. Um, and then I stepped in. Well, how did at, you meet them? How did you connect with them? Uh, so basically, it, it's I, it was better to be lucky than good kind of situation. Uh, to be honest, <laughs> I, uh, I I had heard on their on their podcast that they were looking for a few more writers. And by no means was I a professional writer, but you know I had a college degree and I felt like I could construct at least semi-proper sentences. So I was like, I'll try this. And, and I had actually been doing that for my home league. Anyway, I was doing little like articles, trash talking more or less about the different guys each week and who to start and you know, different things like that. And my one buddy came up to me and he's like, Hey Garrett, like those, those uh, articles you do uh, for a league, like they're, they're pretty cool. Uh, maybe you should like do them for people that, that care. And I was like, <laughs> Thank, thank you. Right. Th- thank you for the backhanded compliment. But yeah. yeah, no, it's amazing. Like it's that's how it starts. Like people start telling you like, hey, this is this is good. And you're like, you don't really take it seriously because you're just writing because you love it. It's exactly. I know exactly what you're talking about. Like I was a caller to the Rotowire fantasy football show on Sirius XM. I was just like oh, a nice. guy that called into the show and then I started doing videos for them. So it's just amazing how it happens. And by the way, whoever the dynasty nerd Mike is, he's probably sick to his stomach because now you guys are, uh, you guys are, 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 are propelling the dynasty game up and he's like, Oh, that could have been me. That could have been me. It, and it's hey, actually but- funny. Rich and I were talking about that last night <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's, this timing of all this is hilarious. We were yeah. literally talking about this last night and Rich was like, he was like, I remember when, you know, we were talking about this and, you know, you would get, we told him like you would get a cut and he was like, we might even be able at some point, I don't know, but at some point we might even be able to give you like 200 bucks a month, which is like really funny now. I'm uh, right. You know, right because how much it's grown and blown up. And, yes. And, and even, even then he was like, I don't know. And like, I guess Matt was in the background, like you promised him 200 bucks a month. We can't afford 200 bucks a month. Like, <laughs> You know, because Matt's Matt's the accountant. He takes care of all of the numbers and all of that kind of. He stuff. sounds like an accountant with his. He's got the radio voice. He sounds like an accountant. But it's funny. It's like that's that Steve Jobs in the garage moment, right? right. Where you're like, you you never know what it's going to be into, and you know what, you never know. It's like one day Dynasty Nerds could be a, an ESPN. You just don't know what it what it could all sure. evolve into. And I think that's a great lesson for anyone with your Dynasty team too. Your crappy team that's, you know, your piece together can be a champion tomorrow. Wouldn't you, you say? Know. That's right. Um, <laughs> so we'll get you out of here soon. I just had one other question for you is that, uh, well, you know what? Give them the promotion. Um, you can find them at uh, Dynasty Price. That's your Twitter handle, right? Yep. Uh, Gar- Garrett's one of my favorite followers. Puts out great information, especially starting in February. Like he's good all year, but you want to follow Garrett Price. 
in February for the offseason. You will that. you will pick up tidbits that you didn't even think you knew that are actionable pieces of uh, information before the rest of your league knows and becomes mainstream information. He'll tell you about Antonio Gibson before he becomes uh, a hype player at the Senior Bowl a couple of years ago. He'll t- I mean, who is who was your favorite player that you're like you kind of knew the band before they blew up guy this year? Who was it for you this year, Garrett? Uh, whew, that's a good question. Uh... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com I was a... Well, I know two years ago, I had been talking about James Robinson quite Yes, yes. Uh, I, I remember about that. Him. Uh, I was like, there's this guy at Illinois State. Uh, he, he looks pretty good. They call mm-hmm. him little Leonard Fournette. Uh, he's, he, he's got some pop and then he didn't get an invite to the, the senior bowl, but the shrine bowl. And I was like, he played well in the shrine bowl. Now too, we got to see him against, you know, non one double a competition. What was uh, it about you, him? What was it about him that made you like take notice? I, I wish I would have even taken more notice. Uh, right. uh, cause you know, even though I have them in, you know, half or so of my leagues, like I could have had him in all of my leagues had I, had I really taken it more serious. Um, but he was, he had really, really good vision. Uh, and that's something that translates well is if you can, if you can pick up your blocking scheme, if you can process information quickly and, uh, my, my friend Nick Whalen says this all the time. And I, I love the phrasing of it. If you can be a problem solver, if you can be a guy mm-hmm. that solves problems ahead of time, you have a chance to be successful. And that was something that he wasn't, the fastest um he wasn't the most elusive uh but he did everything else really really well and i think that's what what's caused him to be so successful 
Yeah, no, he, he's like the ultimate, he's like a real NFL professional running back. I think yeah. he's going to have a long career. Absolutely. The, the not, yeah, I mean, he may have gone, and I put lucky in air quotes that Travis Etienne is out of the way, but I don't think he was going to interfere with Travis Etienne's workload. Anyway, they were going to find a different type of role. I think Travis so Etienne, yeah. Uh, let me just do one more read, and then we'll, yeah, we'll, do, we'll do the plug. So we also have Thrive Fantasy. Uh, Thrive, you guys have Thrive. Um, we do. Your podcast too. Yeah. Thrive. Yeah, they're, they're a prop betting podcast. Uh, sorry, they're a prop betting website. Uh, I play over there. They have, so, they have really good games. And they said Thrive is back for another fantasy football season. They're running a huge guaranteed contract. Contest each week in the NFL with Thrive Fantasy. You can eliminate countless hours of research and focus only on the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up today. Get six free months of RotoWire subscription. Here's how you do it. You visit rotowire.com slash thrive, deposit a minimum of 10 bucks, receive 100% deposit bonus up to $100. Does this sound familiar? You guys had to read this raid last night. Yes, we did. Yeah, except, <laughs> but you know, they really are good. That's that's they're my great. point here. Is, and that's why they're uh, that you guys endorse them. We endorse them. Definitely go over it. And I love prop betting. It's my favorite form of sports betting. All right. So they're going to go find, they're going to go follow you at, uh, at, at Fantasy Price. You're going to follow the Dynasty Nerds on Twitter. And then anything else you want to plug? We talked about Dynasty GM. How do they do all that? How do they find Dynasty GM and, and all your premium services? Yeah, if you just go to DynastyNerds.com, you can you can head to the website. There'll be a, a pop-up that pops up right away asking if you want to be part of the Nerd Herd. And the Nerd Herd is our premium subscription. You can do just the GM stuff, which is going to be uh, the tools for analyzing your team, Trade Finder. Um, it'll show you how many player shares you have. Like, you know, my highest owned one, if you've been following me for a while, it's probably not a surprise, is, uh, is Darius Slayton. He's, yep. he's my most owned, my second most that, owned. Is that was one Dallas. of the guys who identified before the band was cool. That was another one of your guys. He was getting, yeah. he was a fifth round rookie pick when you, when you were endorsing him. It was, it was crazy how it, how it all worked out. It was funny. I actually found a tweet the other day uh, that I had tweeted out about three players that were like under the radar Debbie guys. So all these guys were still in college, might not have even declared yet. Like all that kind of stuff. They were all under the radar. And three of the four were uh, James Robinson, Michael Carter and Kenneth Gainwell. And so it's just crazy to see, like, I was like, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good folks. Like, yeah, well, there's no way that that could have worked out better. If you keep getting lucky at some point, you're good, but it's, it's interesting as my dynasty advice acumen has gotten better and I'm giving people better advice and you just process my actual leagues. I'm doing worse in my leagues because one, (laughs) you're not focused on your leagues as much. And also you know, the dynasty community is getting smarter. So you really, it's, there, there's no sleepers anymore. You know, it's like, there's no such oh, thing. Man. So, but there, there kind of is in February dynasty leagues. That's why I love doing my rookie drafts early, right after yeah, the rookie. That's because the best time to get the sleepers. Yes. Because you could still get Kenneth Gainwell in the end of round three. I mean, if we redrafted it today, he's on the one, two turn, he's going ahead of Trey Sermon in, oh, in most rookie drafts. And, so. and maybe even Michael Carter, it would be close. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree right there. All right. Uh, we kept you long enough. I hope you come back again. I, I absolutely I, had a great time. Yeah. I'm, I was looking forward to meeting you for a long time. You're, you're one of my favorite dynasty files. I absolutely recommend everybody go over and check it out over there. Uh, this is the rotor wire fantasy football podcast. I'm with Garrett price and the dynasty nerds. I'm Alan Sislowski. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>